um, Kate invited me about two months ago to lead the talk today. And at first, I thought it was a joke because I honestly did never consider myself being up here delivering a talk. You know, I'm used to being with the kids. I'm used to dance, um, but never speak. So it was out of my comfort zone, but I, I thought, I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll pray first. And then I prayed again, and then I prayed again really hard, thinking, Lord, just let me say no. And he didn't. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, and in the last two months, I've, I've really realized that when God calls you out of your comfort zone, he's calling you into his comfort zone, and he will equip you, and he, you know, he will enable you to do what he's calling you to do. Um, and honestly, the passage that he ministered into my heart to, to do today really spoke to me into a situation that I've been living in my life. Um, and my prayer is that, that he will speak to you this morning as well and that he will minister to you in the same way that he's ministered to me. So we're going to be looking at Matthew um, 15, verses 21 to 28, if you'd like to open your Bibles with me. And... I did give this message a title. In fact, I've got two titles. The first one is The Woman Who Did Not Give Up, because there are so many things that we can learn from this woman. But also, I had a question, and it was, did Jesus really just do that? Like, did he really just react the way he did here? Um, and as I was reflecting on this passage, I, I kept thinking, did Jesus really have a plan for everything that he did in his ministry? And was it all for a purpose? Did he have a purpose for everything that he did? So let's read together. Verses 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. And he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. It's, it's a small passage, but there's so much happening in here. And I wish I could go down all the avenues that he preached to me, but... We don't have time for all of that, so let's give this passage a little bit of context so we can appreciate everything that's going on here, so we can understand it a little bit better. So before Jesus met this woman, he had been hanging out with the Jews, and he was teaching and preaching to them, and he was arguing with the religious leaders of the time. And the scribes and the Pharisees believed that there were many things that could make a person unclean before God, and they had to be avoided. And strict followers of the Jewish faith believed that they couldn't have anything to do with someone who did not keep their rules or follow their rituals because they were not acceptable to God. 
And this included anyone who was not a Jew. But then Jesus is trying to teach them that it's what's in a person's heart that matters to God, not what they do, not following their rituals. And then Jesus leaves Galilee, the people that he've been teaching, and he goes north to the region of Tyre and Sidon, where Canaanites lived, also known as Gentiles. And in those days, those people were considered outcasts. They didn't believe in the Jewish laws or their rituals. They didn't do them. They, um, they were pagans. And in the Old Testament, it shows us that the Canaanites and the Israelites often fought each other because the Israelites thought that God wanted them to have the land of the Canaanites. And even here in Jesus' times, they hadn't forgotten that they were enemies. And we don't know the name of this woman, but we know that she's a Canaanite. So already we know that this woman is facing a difficult situation because she's meeting a group of Jewish people. And her first words were, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Now she knows who she is, and she knows the tribe that she belongs to. So she assumes that she's not worthy of being in Jesus' presence. So she asks for his mercies. And this is where our first lesson begins. This is where Jesus first spoke to me whilst um, practice, not practicing, preparing this. We are not perfect people, we have sins, and we know because of how pure and how mighty God is, we don't deserve to be in his presence. But how do we approach him when we come before him? How do we, how do we interact with God? Do we remember to give him his worthy title? Do we remember to ask for forgiveness? Psalm 86, verse 6 says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, listen to my cry for mercy. So we must remember how we approach God when we come before him to ask for prayer. And then this woman, she refers to Jesus as Lord, and she gives him a title, Son of David. She acknowledged that Jesus must have had a special relationship with God and that he was really king of a nation. And not even the disciples had acknowledged this title before. They hadn't called Jesus son of David. And Jesus, he hadn't traveled to this area before. This is the first time he's going there. But people talk and word of his amazing teachings, amazing preaching, of the fact that he was healing the sick, he was giving sight to the blind, he was feeding the 5,000. Word must have traveled far. Otherwise, this woman, she would not have heard of him. And this is where our second lesson is. You know, I haven't physically met Jesus. I have heard of his wonderful doings and how he died on a cross for me to save me. And I know that many of us in here today have heard of him, if not experienced him on a personal level. Then, you know, for this woman, just hearing about Jesus was enough for her to give everything away and just run to him because she knew he had what it took to heal her sick daughter. And then sometimes I wonder, what's keeping us from leaving everything behind and, and going after Jesus? What's holding me back? In times of real need, in times of desperation, when I really need to cling on to Jesus, where am I going for help? 
And she went to him purely on what she had heard, and that was sufficient to recognize that he was powerful and the only one who could help her. And the outcast woman who is believed to have no beliefs, who recognizes who Jesus is, believes in his power, she is aware of the evil, and she states the fact that her daughter is demon-possessed, she's suffering terribly, she knows what Jesus is capable of, and she demonstrates her faith, her act of faith, by going after him, faith that those he came to serve didn't have. And anyone seeing this encounter would have been a little bit shocked because at that time, a respectable woman, she would not talk to a man she didn't know, in public or even in private. Yet she goes after Jesus and she speaks to him first. She was desperate for help and in an act of desperation, she left everything behind. She went after Jesus. She didn't care what people were going to say. then why are we thinking twice? In moments of desperation, in moments when we really should cling on to Jesus, why are we leaving him and going elsewhere? And I'm saying this because I've left him many times in my struggles. Instead of clinging on to him, instead of keeping going after him, I've gone elsewhere because I was desperate and I really needed some help. And I've often heard the saying that it's easy to worship Jesus when, when things are not going so well because you've got a request, so you are by his feet, and that's keeping you in his presence. But when everything is great, you forget about him. But actually, when I reflect in this story, is it easy to go before Jesus when things are not so great? And we need help and we cry out for God and he gives us the silent treatment. Is it easy then? Or, or do we turn somewhere else? Do we turn to someone else? You know, it's easy to worship God when everything's going well because our heart is full of joy. Why wouldn't you worship him when things are great? And then we see this woman... She cries out for help, and what does he do? Nothing. He doesn't answer her, not even a word. And then the disciples, they notice that Jesus didn't answer, and they go and say, send her away, she keeps bothering us. Now, I don't think Jesus would have been bothered by that. Jesus is used to having people come, coming after him, asking for help. And he gladly goes and helps them. And this is not the first time that we see the disciples sending people away. In fact, just one chapter back in Matthew 14, 15, just before Jesus fed the 5,000, the disciples said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away. They can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Send the crowds away. Send them home. Send this woman away. She's bothering us. And then I ask myself, what, myself, why, Jesus, why? Why did they do that? Why did they want to send people away? You know, they were the ones closest to Jesus. They were witnessing all the miracles. They were getting one-to-one -one with Jesus. They were seeing all of that. Why is it that they were sending people away? 
when they knew he had the power to help them. And then it's like God has taken me out of this this passage and he's given me a different perspective. And could that be me? Could that be us acting like the disciples from time to time? We know we're so busy, we're the fast track generation, we live in London, our lives are like 24-7. I don't have time to stop and pray for someone that needs my help. Or I don't have time to invest in someone else's situation when they're crying out for help. Could that be me? Could that be us? Acting like the disciples here? It's just something for us to stop and think about. And then in verse 24, it says, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Ouch. I don't know about you, but that hurt me. If God had said that to me, I would have been hurt. You know, he's not there for me. And yet this lady, she doesn't give up. She knows the Jesus that she trusts. We know the Lord we serve. And I I don't know why Jesus reacted like that or why he said that to her, which brought me to the questions, did he have a plan? Was this all part of a purpose? And then I think, yes. It wasn't a coincidence that Jesus left where he was and traveled north. It wasn't a coincidence. Jesus, in his 100% God, he knew her. He knew her heart. It almost seems to me as if he was testing her. And at the same time, he was teaching the disciples what great faith looked like. She didn't go home when he said, I wasn't here for the Canaanites. I came for the Jews. She didn't leave then. Whereas if it'd been me, I would have gone home. In fact, I've gone home many times when I've prayed and he didn't answer me. In my act of desperation, I've seeked elsewhere. In Isaiah 65 verse 1 says, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. We know the Jesus we serve, the one who died on a cross for us, the one who paid for our sins with his own blood. And then I ask myself, where is my heart or where is my faith when I cry out to Jesus and he doesn't answer me? Where is my faith when I pray and pray and pray and he gives me an answer that I wasn't expecting? Where is my faith? It was about where her heart was. Then where is my heart when I cry out to him and he doesn't answer? In Psalm 40, verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Now, personally, I haven't waited patiently for the Lord. Or I haven't learned to yet. And the story goes on. And for a second time, she calls out to him. She waited patiently. She calls out to him. But this time, she takes a physical step. 
She kneels before him. She worshipped him and she cried out, Lord, help me. She had his direct attention by coming to his feet. And there is something special about coming to Jesus' feet that moves him. It grabs his attention. It's an act of humbling ourselves before our creator. Jesus himself knelt before he prayed to God. And then she's finally by Jesus' feet. She has his attention. And what does she do? She cries out, Lord, help me. You know, out of everything that she could have asked him, she could have questioned him. Why did you um, ignore me? You know, she could have... Um, she could have argued with, with him. Why are you not answering me? I've heard all these things about you. Why are you not doing it to me? How could he, after everything he's, she's heard about him, but her faith is greater than that. She knows that he's the son of David, that he's king of kings. Three little words. Lord, help me. When we don't know what else to say, when we don't have any more strength to pray, that's all we have to do. Lord, help me. And then Jesus responds again. In verse 26, he says, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, we don't have time to study entirely this metaphor that Jesus is using here, but what he means is that it's not right to give what's reserved for the Jews to the Canaanites. I mean, how much clearer could he be? Would you have turned away now? Would you have given up and gone home now? I mean, you, you know, he ignored us at first, and then he or the people closest to him didn't want her there and then now it's you know he, he couldn't be any more clear would you have turned around now would you have given up your hopes your dreams and c.s lewis says this the great thing to remember is that though our feelings come and go god's love for us does not and hallelujah to that because, you know, I love God with all my heart, but my human nature, there have been times when I've been crossed with him and I've questioned him and I've argued with him. Why, why, why? And thank goodness his love for me does not change. And there are certain times in our lives that we go through things that God allows us to go through because he's testing our faith. And he's, he's analyzing our hearts. It's about where our heart is. It might have been that whatever I've been praying for the last year, my heart was in the blessing that I was going to get, not in Jesus who was going to grant me that blessing. So where is our heart? And surprisingly, the woman, she doesn't disagree with Jesus. She showed sincere persistency in him. And she told him that she was happy to accept whatever he had left over. Whatever he had after looking after the Jews would be sufficient for her. She knew that whatever he had to spare 
would be enough for what she was asking for. And this woman's faith, patient, determination suddenly bring this story to a happy ending because it had seemed as if Jesus was going to refuse help to this woman in the most hurtful way, you know? Something that we hadn't seen before. It was hurting her pride, or at least it was hurting my pride whilst I was reading this. But he saw her great faith, faith in him that those he came for didn't have. And although Jesus, he hadn't even met her sick daughter or seen her, she was healed instantly at that moment because of her mother's great faith. If I could invite the worship band back, please. It's, it's hard to understand why Jesus acted towards this woman in the way he did at first. But this is an important story. In the first book of the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, 3, God had told Abraham that he wanted Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, to make sure that the whole world knew about love, God's love for all people. And God's people often forgot this. But the woman from Canaan made sure that she and her daughter were included in God's blessing despite of her circumstances or her past. The desire of her heart was granted to her because her heart was in the right place. She didn't lose focus. She was patient. She was determined and she did not give up when the obstacles came her way, even the most hurtful ones. And perhaps some of us here today are going through the silent treatment or perhaps Jesus didn't respond in a way that we were expecting because we've boxed him in. But it doesn't mean he isn't at work. He could be testing your faith. He could be analyzing your heart. It might be that you do need to go through a period of waiting on the Lord. And in Isaiah 40, um, verses verse 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Or perhaps for some of us, it might be that we need to take a physical step towards Jesus. And the physical step for us might look like fasting it might be physically kneeling before his feet, bowing our heads, showing that act of being humble before our creator. Or it might be that we just need to worship him more. Coming to church once a week, it's not doing it enough. God doesn't want your 10%. He wants your 100%. He wants all of you. And Jesus is passing by this morning. The Holy Spirit is here. And we don't have to, to cry out loud. We don't have to climb up on a tree to get his attention because he is here. And whatever the situation that you're living in at the moment, let's be encouraged by this woman, by her strength of character. She was humble, but she was not weak. 
you know, Jesus is here. Let's come and take a physical step if that's what it takes before him. But I want to encourage you, like I've encouraged myself, that it doesn't matter whether it's your first attempt, your second attempt, or your third attempt at coming before him. He does want to bless us, but our hearts, it needs to be in the right place, or we must understand the purpose for the situation that we're living in at the moment. And if he doesn't answer the first time, try again. And if he doesn't answer again, try again. Keep coming at his feet, and he will bless you. I know that I haven't been at his feet when I should, or I haven't stood by his feet when I should have, and I went home because I was desperate to get some answers. And then I came back, and I cried again, and he didn't answer me, so I went home again instead of remaining there. And then I came back a third time, and you know what? He still hasn't answered me, but I have learned that I have to stay at his feet. I have learned that my heart is not in the right place. Or I'm learning the purpose of what I'm living. But he's here today. So I don't miss this opportunity to come before him. Because he loves us. And he's good all the time. 